Heavenly Father, it's a blessing to be here. It's a joy to be here. Lord, we're so thankful that the, the, the mechanical issues that the church experienced over the last week did not prohibit us from gathering, but Lord, that we can gather, not in the comfort of our sanctuary, but yet in a different place, but still within the church. We're thankful, Lord, that so much of our building was preserved from what could have been very difficult times. Lord, we ask a blessing on those that can't be with us. Lord, we pray for Ron in particular. Lord, that your hand might be upon him, that you might give wisdom to his doctors, that those that are making decisions for him might realize that thou art the great physician, that all things are in thy hands. And Lord, as the scriptures will say, you never leave us and you never forsake us. Lord, be with his family, be with Sister Hannah, be with the girls, be with those that care about him as well as those that care for him. Be with those that couldn't be with us, the Marcy's, Lord, Aunt Maria Harfman, Aunt Laney, others, Lord, that escape me at this time, Sister Hilda, others, Lord, be with them. Bless them. Touch their hearts as only a father can. Lord, now speak to us out of thy word. Give us insight. Give us wisdom. Help us, Lord, to be thankful in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Rod also uh, messaged me this morning and said they are feeling better, but thought it best to still remain at home this morning. Um, I didn't give the greeting, have greetings from Northport. Uh, Brother Rod also extended greetings from the brothers that were attending the foundation meeting in San Diego, specifically Brother Mark Igich and others. Uh, Brother Danny, I, Marcy, I spoke with him on Friday, and he also sends greetings. So apologize for not following our normal format this morning. Sister B. Thank you. Thank you. Greetings from Brother David. He's doing better, I trust. Yes. Thank yes, you. Thanks, B. Well, we're thankful that he's tired and <laughs> just weak, right? It could be much worse. But thank you so much for, for sharing those. And please um, extend our greetings back to them and to Sister Paula. As I was sitting, you know, when I came in this morning, I... I for the last week, I've been asking the Lord to reveal, you know, Lord, what is it you'd like me to speak on? And for the second week in a row, he was silent, so to speak. Um, in, Coconut, in Northport, I had the same thing. And I just, fine, I, you, you folks know that I'm fine with simply praying and opening the word. Um, but during Bible class, the Lord reminded me of Psalm 139. And I think we should, we should read that together and meditate on it. Um, our, our Bible study in this concept of, or the studying of who God is and what he can do, for me, has been really inspiring. We've got, I, I, I emailed out the, the, a PDF of the PowerPoint, and I think there's like 58 slides so far, and I know we're going to get more. And what we do is in, the, in the session is we, there's a question. We, we did a statement of what God is, and we came up with like 46, and now we're putting scripture verses to it. One of the things that I suggested to the group on Wednesday night was that I almost wanted to use the Bible study in a similar way of when we were doing our camp lessons. I had asked um, the brothers around the, the group that had done camp lessons, what do they remember about doing the camp lessons? And, and, and they got to a point where it was, you know, you just learn so much more when you have to prepare a lesson. So I said, let's just look at this from a Bible study perspective is we are building a lesson. 
how do we build that lesson? And so that's the way we're, we're kind of approaching it. Sorry, let me get this fixed. So Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up unto heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall, shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness as the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more than in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God! Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men! For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. The entire 139th Psalm. Dear ones, this is a very familiar Psalm. Probably many of these verses you, can re- you could repeat from memory. But I really think that we should, in the next 20 minutes or so, go, by, go through this verse by verse. I want us to look deeper into what the psalmist is saying. It's a psalm of David, but what was he really saying? And how might that actually be able to be applied? To us today. Because if it was true for David, it is equally or more so true today. And why would I say that? Well, clearly it would be equally as true today. But the more so piece is that the spirit of the living God lies within us. 
dwells within us, those of us that are brothers and sisters in Christ, those of us who are born again, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God indwells us. We are God's habitation here on earth. So how much more fitting is this scripture for us than for David of old? So right from the first verse, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Now this this verse should be comforting and also convicting. I love the part that that the Lord has searched me. The Lord searches after us. He seeks after us. One of the comments that we, that we made when, you know, what is God or who is God? God is a pursuer. God pursued a relationship with us. One of the, one of the, the, the beautiful analogies that we find in Scripture is the way that a husband pursues his wife is the way God pursues us. That's why God gave us One of the reasons God gave us the relationship of husband and wife. In in the New Testament, husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Again, this pursuing. God pursues us. He desires us. He desires a relationship with us. And he also has known us and knows us. There is no thought. There is nothing that we can think or even imagine that God doesn't know. So in some ways, that's comforting, but that's also convicting. Because those thoughts that we should not be having, those feelings that we should not be having, that we haven't surrendered back to the Spirit to take over, God also knows. Which I also find, in a way, comforting in that I don't have to hide from God. I can't. And so if, if, if there's something I need to confess, if there's something I need to bring to him, he already knows it. It's, it kind of reminds me of, of the story my dad shared where my, my grandpa, my dad's dad was a very, very private, very quiet man. Um, his relationship with the Lord was something very private to him. Um, he, he rarely, if ever, spoke up in church. Um, I don't know if, if he ever uttered a, a, a prayer in church. Um, he didn't even pray frequently at home out loud, if I understood things right. But when my dad was in repentance, he came to ask forgiveness of his dad. And his dad was waiting on the porch. Maybe, maybe God had said to Grandpa, you know, Bobby's going to come. But he was sitting there, and my dad walked out, and he said, Dad, I'm... And my grandpa stopped him. And he said, Bob, I forgave you years ago. That's the relationship that God has with us. He forgave us years ago. That doesn't mean we don't come and confess. But the forgiveness was laid before the foundation of the world was laid. And the forgiveness would come through Christ. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. He understands when we're getting up. He understands when we're laying down. He understands everything about us. He's seeing everything about us. As Brother Jim alluded to in, in the Bible class, the very hairs of our heads are numbered. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. can't hide from God, and we shouldn't try. Think about the, dear ones, think about the, 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 the energy that we put into worrying and hiding. There's no point. He knows it already. 
And He wants us to come. It's like, you know, when we were unconverted and those were, there were things that we did that we thought nobody knew. God knew. God knew, it all the way, God knew it all the time. So we don't need to try to pretend. That's what I love about this script. This scripture is telling us you don't need to pretend. You just need to live in faith and walk in faith and, and work on that relationship that we can have with God that David understood. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. You know, there are a few times in my life, there are two times in my life when I was prayed over, when, Pete, when hands were laid on me. I remember, you know, when, when we had the laying on of hands, and, um, when, when Evelyn and I and three others were baptized together and, and, and the brothers lit, prayed over us. And I remember when I, when I became an elder and I was ordained and the brothers prayed over me. You've, you remember that? There was this, 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 it was, there was this physical touch that was taking place. God has his hand on us. He has his hand around us. He's lifting us, holding us in the hollow of his hand. Isn't it interesting that there are those that would be fearful of the hand of God? Because if we are not in Christ, at some point there will be judgment in that hand. But if we are in Christ, it is a loving, caring, tender touch. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I free from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. God's always there. God's there in those moments when we don't believe he is. We don't have to believe he's there to have him there. He is there. And there's times, dear ones, when we go through things in life where we don't believe he's there. I remember once saying to my dad, and it was a foolish statement, and thankfully he didn't rebuke me for it, but we were standing in his driveway and I said, why has God forsaken us? Whoa, where'd that come from? You know, and my, physically fa- my physical father was as gracious as my heavenly father. Didn't rebuke me. Probably were a lot of prayers that he was offering after I left. And I don't even remember his, I don't remember his answer. I, I was, it was, it was a, a moment of a lack of faith. And in those moments when we don't have faith, in those moments when we can't make sense of what's going on, in those moments when nothing makes sense, and we're alone, we think, others, we live on others' faith. We're carried on the faith of others. We're carried by the prayers of others. And dear ones, I want to encourage us that when, when we are having these moments, don't have them alone. I probably could say that, honestly, that all of us in the room have had moments when we felt like that. Maybe we didn't verbalize it. But verbalize it. 
Because Jesus had moments like that. Jesus had moments like that. Jesus in the garden, knowing full well what had to transpire, knowing full well that because of his death on the cross, we might live. How do I know that? Because the scripture says that for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He knew the joy. When Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he, I believe he saw us. He saw those of us that could be redeemed by his shed blood. But yet, in that moment, in the garden, all alone, with the sins of the world waiting to be pressed upon him, he said, if it's possible, can you let this cup pass? But then he added, not my will, but yours. So Jesus knows it. The writer of Hebrews said, I believe it was Hebrews, that he was tempted. There's no, I'd be Corinthians. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But with every temptation, there will be a way of escape. I believe that's Corinthians. But in Hebrews, it says he was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. All the temptations that we can go through, Jesus had to deal with. All of them, including the fearing and the being left alone. The one difference is he was left alone. He was left alone on the cross when not even his father could look on him. So he knows exactly where we are. The difference for us is because he went to the cross, his righteousness is applied to us so that his father will never, ever turn his face away from us unless we walk away from him. So in those moments when we're all alone, when it doesn't make sense, when we don't believe that this could be, that anything good can come from this, remember God's still there. And share that with people. Reach out to brothers and sisters. Reach out to me. We together will be able to go through it. Don't ever go through it alone. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. You know, we think of the things are, think about this. If you wake up in the middle of the night, pain is always worse in the night than it is in the daytime. Fears are always worse at night than they are during the daytime. Worries are much worse at night than they are during the daytime because we can't see. It's darkness. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. There is no darkness for God. God doesn't need light. He is light. But the night shineth as the day. The darkness and light are both alike to thee. So when we have those moments when it doesn't make sense, when things look so dark, just say, help me. Remember the, the individual that was praised in the Bible was the man that said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. There's nothing wrong in saying that. There's nothing wrong in saying, God, I believe you're there. I know you're there, but right now I'm really struggling with belief. God would not judge, God will never judge us by expressing that. Why? Because Jesus, the intercessor, is saying, Father, let me tell you what he's going through right now. Let me tell you what she's going through right now. I know what this is like. They need extra grace right now. They need extra protection from Satan. Maybe at some point, maybe at some point, 
they're going to let us, us, now I'm not talking about Jesus speaking, not me in the, in the first place. Maybe someday God's going to let us see what's really going on. Was it Elisha's? I, can't, I never remember if it's Elisha or Elijah's servant. That one that was so afraid of the, of the battle. Elisha, thanks Jeff. So it was Elisha's servant was so afraid and Elisha just said, God, let him see. Just let him see. And what he saw were soldiers all around them, protecting them from the men they could see. Maybe someday God will let us see that. One of the reasons I think I'm never allowed to see that is because I probably wouldn't be able to cope with it. Could be. But it's there. It's all around us. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. I know that sounds like it's kind of convoluted, but what David was saying was, God, you knew me before I was. When I was, even before I was, and when I was in development in my mother's womb, you knew all of my parts. And my existence, my name, was known in heaven. Wow. That's amazing. Every, every cell that was dividing and multiplying, God saw and knew and planned. God saw and knew in me when I was in my mother's womb that I would have one kidney, not two. God planned it that way. God also thankfully planned it that that kidney would be large, larger than normal, so that it could deal with all of the work that one was going to have to do instead of two. God knew that. It was written. I, am, I was known even before I was. All of us were known even before we were. And God has a plan for each one of us. Wow, when you think about that scripture, how indicting is this for our nation that will allow babies to be slain before they have a chance to be born? But all of them are known by God. And all of them have a special place in heaven. Thine eyes did see, I might have read this already, I'm going to read it again. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, and in thy book were all my members, I did read that, written, which in continuance were fashioned when, I, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. The thoughts that God has toward us and for us, David said, are so abundant. They're more than the sands of the sea. Not thoughts. Yes, he has thoughts collectively for us. But individual thoughts that he has about us, for us, 
Is it, is, is it in Jeremiah? I know the thoughts that I have for you. I got a plan. You're living out my plan. Just let me work my plan type of thing. When I awake, I'm still with thee. And I love that part of that verse. We're not, the, the psalmist was saying, when I'm sleeping, I'm not sure, but when I wake, I'm still with thee. We can't get away from God. He's going to care for us. His, so, and I, and I, I guess I said that kind of a, a negative way. But we don't have to worry about God not noticing. We don't have to worry about God somehow missing. You know, God, hello, remember me? No, he, yeah, he's there. He knows it. He sees it. He knows what's going to happen next before we even comprehend what's happening. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For the wicked seek against me, thee wickedly. Speak against thee wickedly. And thine enemies take thy name in vain. And I, I struggle a little bit with, with verse 21 and 22. Do not I hate them? O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I, th- I think, dear ones, that we certainly should be grieved at those that speak ill of God, that rise up against God. But verse 22, I hate them with perfect hatred. I, I struggle with that one. Because it's not our place. We understand something that David didn't. And that was the merciful side of God that says that save for the grace of God, that could be me. I didn't have those opportunities somebody else had. Or they, I had opportunities they didn't. When I think of my life, when I think of the blessings that I've had in my life, the, the fact that I was born into a, a, a family of believers, how blessed I am. And I, and I say this multiple times. There are so many times, dear ones, when I will go to an elder meeting and I will listen to other experiences other brothers had made growing up, and, and I've said to many of them, I cannot tell you how thankful I am that I grew up in Syracuse. This is a unique church. And our teachings, the teachings that I was raised on in this church are so um, biblically based and, and, and lacking in extremes, if I can call it that that others didn't have. Others, I, see, I sense others my age wrestling with things that they heard growing up that I didn't have to wrestle with. I think we were blessed with some theologians in our church over the years that really looked at Scripture and said, let's look at what the Scripture says and let's leave it right on what the Scripture says. So I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to say that. And so if someone wasn't raised in that way, someone did not have that opportunity, and they don't understand the God the way I understand God. And I think they, they rail against him in ignorance. I think of some of the extremists in various religions. They're ignorant. They don't know. They need to see the love of Christianity. They need to see the love of Christ. They need to see forgiveness offered. And then verse 23 and 24, we've all can quote these probably for years. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Wow. There's a servant that really wanted to be known. 
and wanted to be free from sin and guilt. But he didn't leave it there. He said, and lead me in thy way everlasting. The beauty in what David wrote there, search me and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Well, the first part of the psalm, he already said God does. So it's really an acknowledgement on our part. Lord, help me see what you see. That's really the way you could rewrite the last ver- second to last verse. Lord, help me see what you see. Help me to see the path that you have for me. Help me, Lord, to walk in the way you want me to walk. And maybe another way to put it is, Lord, help me to be real with you and real with my brothers and sisters so that we can really live out our faith in a way that will give you all the glory and all the praise and all the credit.